Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Um, let's read some more of Acts. This is part 10 of, of the series, and I'm aware in, in, as I go to the passages that I want to read today, I'm opening up, I'm opening up a huge, hugely important um, issue. Issue, wrong word. Topic, I just don't like topic, it sounds like a lecture. But some subject, thing, whatever. Acts chapter five, I'm gonna read four or five passages, a lot of scripture, um, because we're just doing the highlights of the book of Acts. And it says in Acts 5 and through the, from verse 12 to 16, through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in, in um, a Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest of the people dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women, so that they brought the sick out onto the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall upon some of them. Also the crowds that, I mean, this, people were gathering from everywhere, gathered from the surrounding cities. Look what's happening here to Jerusalem. They brought sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were all healed. Say they were all healed. Yeah. Say all healed. All. Say all Acts 8, verses 4 to 8. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the Word. They didn't have a physical Bible like this, but they preached that Jesus was the Christ. By the Holy Spirit and power to go about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. We're told in Acts chapter 10 that that's what they were preaching. Therefore, they went everywhere preaching the Word. Then Philip went down to Samaria, preached Christ, the fact that he's anointed, he's got power to them. The crowds with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralysed and lame were healed. There was great joy in the city. I'm not surprised. Wow. Acts 16, verses 16 to 20. Now it happened as we went to prayer. This is Paul and Silas. As we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, she came out to us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation and this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. And when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone. They seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace 
and to the authorities. Acts chapter 19, verses 11 to 16. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of the apostle Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from him to the sick, diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, they took it upon themselves. Listen to that. They took it upon themselves. They were not commissioned. They were not sent. They were not born again. They were not believers. They were not in the image and the likeness of God. They didn't have the name of Jesus. They didn't have the Word of God. They weren't anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. They took it upon themselves, <coughs> excuse me, to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, the Jewish priest, who, who did the same thing. And the evil spirit answered and said, well, Jesus I know and Paul I know. <laughs> I know Jesus, you better believe they knew Jesus. They knew Paul, well, we've already read a number of passages that everywhere Paul went, he was casting demons out left, right and centre. It was just what the church did. What are you doing today, Paul? Casting out some demons. What are you doing some days? You know, today, Tom, well, I'm casting out demons, healing some sick. What are you doing today, Carol? I'm laying hands on some sick people, seeing them recover, leading them to Jesus Christ. What are you doing today, yeah. Leonard? What are you doing today, Leonard? Casting out demons, <laughs> laying hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. Nothing surprising. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? That's another whole message. Who are you? <laughs> Don't get me started on who I am. I am light in the darkness, a city on a hill, a lamp on a lampstand. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the healed, I'm the delivered, I'm the redeemed, I'm the prospered. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. My life is hidden with Christ in God. I am named with the name of Jesus Christ. I have the Word of God in my heart and in my mouth, the Word of faith that we preach. Who am I? I am the redeemed of the Lord and you better believe I am gonna say so. Yeah. Amen. Can we give God some praise this morning? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Hallelujah. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Bad situation to be in. Today, I want to talk about colliding kingdoms, how to deal with demons. I'm stirred about this. Colliding kingdoms. Have you ever seen a collision? See, kingdoms collide in the spirit. Kingdoms collide. Thank God that one of those kingdoms never comes out with even a scratch. The kingdom of Almighty God, unshakable, undefeatable. 
I've got a classic car and, um, and a classic bike and another classic bike. I like old things. I like to restore them and do something with them. But the old classic car I've got has got a chrome steel bumper. Wow, it's like a bulldozer. It's a nice little classic car, two-liter engine, ported, polished, ceramic-coated headers. I mean, just mwah, did it myself in my spare time over four years. Sharon didn't know I hid it in a barn. <laughs> and I'd sort of, what's your day been like today, Julian? Ah, oh, great, thanks. Moving right along as I come back smelling of oil and grease. And then I surprised her on Good Friday in lockdown, just before lockdown, with this restored car. It's a nice thing to do for your wife. And um, I know she's sort of saying, uh, she, she completely agrees. We had one when, we had the same sort of car back in 1990 and it, we loved the car and I thought it'd be a lovely idea to do it again. So I did. But anyway, getting back to this steel chromed bumper on the front. And it's sort of pointed, not the sharp point, but it's like a V shape. Now those all got removed off of cars and banned in the mid 70s, late 70s. Why? Because if that hit anything, it was demolished. And the car comes out without a scratch. Plows through. So now we've got what they call crumple zones. Crumple zones. Can I say the kingdom of God does not have a crumple zone? Does not have a crumple zone. It plows on. And whatever gets in its way, I'm not talking about people here, but in the spirit, whatever gets in its way is utterly demolished. Strongholds bowing to the Saviour. The sick healed, the dead raised, Evil spirits cast out. The kingdom of God is a victorious kingdom. You see, we are in a war. We are in a war. Not with people. But there is a spirit world that is very real. We live in it every day. See, we are first and foremost spirit. I'm not going to get into a teaching here today for all the three weeks on angels and demons and the spirit world. You'd need to come to academy. And we dig in. But today, I just want us to get a sense of what we're part of. We are part of a spirit world. If you could see in the spirit here today, there is a world of the spirit that we are in. Angels, almighty God, the glory of God. And there's a war that is taking place in that realm of the spirit. And something I would like to say is that for those who don't get hold of the fact they are in a war, these are going to be very interesting days. If we think the church can just coast on 
in the days we are living in, then we got another thing coming. I'm so glad for the rapture. <laughs> Can I hear an amen this morning? Now, I don't know when that's happening. I think I've got a good idea, but I could be completely wrong. But I'm so glad that we're not here for the worst of it. Aren't you glad? That's about four of us. Wow. I mean, just think about it. Just think about the Christians that fall at the slightest thing. Oh, no, I'd stand, you know. And people fall under the slightest thing. Make a bad decision because of a little bit of pressure. They compromise the truth because of their tax return. How the heck are they going to even last a day in the tribulation? Hello? Oh, no, I'll stand then. Well, why don't you stand now? Hello? Why don't you stand now? Stand now. Stand now. You can stand and having done all to stand, stand. Stand in the evil day. Trample on serpents and scorpions. You see, we are in a war and the war is not a physical, we don't fight flesh and blood. We're not rowing with people. But the Bible is really clear. We are in hand-to-hand combat in the realm of the Spirit. Now, if you come to Citygate for more than just a few weeks, we are not a devil-conscious church. We are a God-conscious church. We are victorious. Our heads are lifted high. We're not going around trying to find the devil in that sort of a sense. But the Bible is really clear. Do not be ignorant of the devil's devices. Do not give place to the devil. Understand what he's trying to do. And resist him. Don't ignore him. Look at someone say, don't ignore him. Resist him. You see, for you to resist him, you've got to know where he is. You've got to know your enemy. Because he is your adversary. The devil is your adversary. Not just, oh, he's just unlike Jesus. No, he's your adversary. He's your accuser. What are we, hand-to-hand combat, the Bible says, Ephesians 6. We wrestle with spirit beings. What about, well, about our priorities, things we value, things we're gonna stand for, things we believe, the experience in our life. You gotta fight for stuff. Hello? You gotta fight for stuff. You don't just sit down and everything drops on your head. Now, as far as our mindset is concerned, I'm blessed. But my daily experience is I'm in a war. Hello? Now, let's not reduce it down to the flesh because the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So we don't fight like the world fights. And I really need to declare this out in this this world that we live in today. Don't fight the way the world fights. 
You see, people are standing up as sort of, uh, I don't know, activists and, and sort of people to stand for this and stand for that. As a believer, don't you dare line up behind them. Don't you dare line up behind them. Line up behind Jesus Christ. He is the voice at the head of our army. Because more and more there's gonna be there's gonna be reaction, 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 and people fighting for this cause and fighting for that cause. Stand strong on the word of God and line up behind Jesus. Because in the day we are living in. The war is not gonna be, the fight is not just gonna be this party and that party and the left and the right or the whatever. It's gonna be light and darkness. Hello? Let's be spiritual people in Citygate Church. Whatever anybody else does is up to them. But here we're gonna preach the Word of God. We're not gonna think like the world. We're not gonna speak like the world. We're not gonna campaign like the world. We're not gonna speak like the world. We're not gonna act like the world. We're gonna act like the believers that God says we are, that we stand on the truth. We stand on the truth. We speak the truth. We shine the truth. We love people and we soul win at every opportunity. Can I hear an amen this morning? Come on, let's give God some praise this morning, shall we? But there is a fight on. The church is salt and light. See, Jesus has empowered us and He sent us out to win souls, heal people and to bring deliverance from demonic oppression. I've got my sword out this morning. And the devil knows it. And he's being exposed this morning. What are demons? Again, not time for a teach, just, just to clarify it. What are demons? Well, they're very different to fallen angels. Angels, as in fallen angels, are not evil spirits. They are fallen angels. And they operate in the heavenlies. But what is a demon? What is a demon? What, well, it's called an evil spirit as well, or an unclean spirit, a demon. Now, you can get into all sorts of extremes about this. Again, you know, we really deal with all of this in academy because we've got to be equipped people. Hello, we got to be equipped. Yes. I can remember when I first really came across evil spirits and demons back. I hadn't been saved very long, six or eight months, and somebody was having demonic activity in their house. Not a Christian. Somebody at my, um, in, uh, I was a chef, and, and it was another chef in the place came up to me because when I got saved, everybody knew. I went from being an absolute mess to being light in the darkness. And they actually had, you know, they actually had sort of, I'll put a tenor on how long it lasts. On the staff, they bet as to how long I would be religious. Hilarious. Anyway, this other chef came up to me and he said, he said, 
Um, I've got stuff going on in my house. We've just found out that before we lived there, it wasn't a Christian, before we lived there, they used to do seances and all the occult stuff. And he said, doors are opening and closing all by themselves. We hear people going up and down the stairs and we, we can hear it and see it on the stairs. They couldn't see people, stuff going on. And he said, can you do anything about it? And I said, I'll get back to you. That was before the days of, give me five minutes. That was in the other place. But I'll, you know, I'll get, I haven't been saved for very long. I was stirred. I was excited. It was like, hey, here we go. So I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor George. And I said, um, and I explained the situation and I said, can you do something about it? He said, no, but you can. And he said, you can go and do that. I said, yeah. So I put on some tapes, some tapes about how to deal with demons and, you know, what to do and the authority I have in Jesus' name and how I, I, I have his name, I have his word, I have his anointing. I am anointed with burden, removing, yoke, destroying power. I fed myself for a few days and then I said, I'm coming down. And I went down and I laid hands on every room, every kitchen cupboard, because they were opening and closing. I laid hands on every kitchen cupboard and I laid hands on the bedrooms and the, the beds and the hallway and up and down the stairs and the front door and the back door. And that day, that was the end of all the demonic stuff and they never had it ever again. Well, somebody down the road heard about it and said, well, our kids have been having nightmares. And we just can't seem to do anything about it. And we know kids have nightmares. But this is like, this was, they were really concerned. Not just worried parents, you know. But this was like, this is a problem. And they said, do you think you can do something? I said, yeah, come on. So I went down, laid hands on the bed, laid hands on the kids. Never had another, because it was a recurring nightmare and it was a real demonic thing. And never had it ever again. You see, we are in a war. A war. And there is a battle on in the spirit. What are demons? They are evil spirits. They are demonic spirits. They are unclean spirits. Now you can get into the extremes of this. And I know there are some books written, especially back in the 70s and 80s. And there was a book, I won't advertise it here. There was a book. And at the back, there was like an appendix of all the different demons. And there was a list of literally, I think, it, I think it was hundreds. This and that and this and that and all these different names. And I'm thinking, well, what Bible are you reading? Now, there are some descriptions of demons in the Bible. And again, we go through this in the academy. The Bible talks about a deaf and dumb spirit, a lying spirit. There's a couple in there. But can I just say... What a demon is, it's an unclean, evil spirit that wants to latch on to a life. And if somebody has got an area of their flesh that they've already opened the door and it's a fleshy area, perhaps they like their drink. Hello? Just because somebody likes a drink doesn't mean to say they have a demon. Okay? But it might open the door. Is that a... An evil spirit of alcoholism? No, it's just an evil spirit. And if that's the area of your flesh that you've opened up, it's gonna go, well, I haven't got a lot of work to do here. I'm just gonna drive that area. Hello? Could be anger. Just because someone's got an anger problem doesn't mean to say it's a demon. It's flesh. The Bible says anger is a work of the flesh. Really clear. 
See, but if you open the door and if you, and if you allow demonic activity in, it may not be a spirit of anger, but you got an anger problem, that demon's gonna work on that. Are you with me? But can I just say there's, real, there's, there's only really one type of demon and that's a defeated one. <laughs> Always understand that. See, demons operate on the earth and they want to live in people. They want to occupy a house. And it's to drive people into torment, to destroy their lives and the lives of the people around them. Evil spirit. They oppress people to live in an extreme or obsessive way in an area of their flesh. There are three ways they really operate. The first way is they influence. So evil spirits influence the culture. They influence the world. They influence people. How do they do that? Words, actions, the media, Fear, all sorts of ways, it is demonic activity. I can remember I hadn't been saved for very long and there was a shop over in Croydon that I used to go to when there was this sort of indoor sort of flea market area and there was a shop I used to go to that sold all sorts of stuff and it was in the early days of the Dungeons and Dragons thing. I wasn't part of all of that. I wasn't interested in all of that but I was certainly interested in the occult and different things and I can remember for some reason I was over in Croydon and I decided, hadn't been a Christian very long and I thought, oh, I'll just go back to the shop. Why the heck would I want to do that? Stupid decision. Anyway, so I go along and the shop's there and as I walk in the door, everything in me reacted. Everything in me reacted. Now you can either quieten that down or you can listen to it. You can either quieten it, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. I'm light in the darkness, don't you know? Yeah, but there's something reacting on the inside that says, what the heck are you doing here? And I felt it, every fibre of my being as I walked through the door. 1984, I walked through the door and everything on the inside of me felt just reacted. And now I know today that that is like, a, a, it's a discerning of spirit. It's a grieving sometimes of the Holy Spirit. And if you fight it, you start resisting the Holy Spirit. And if you start doing that, you start quenching the Holy Spirit. I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Every conversation you have, oh, it doesn't matter, we're just talking. No, you're talking like the world and something on the inside is saying, stop. The Bible says, put your hand on your mouth. Literally in Proverbs. I've done that. I've been in the middle of conversations and I felt, and I felt so convicted by the Holy Ghost. You see, demons will influence the world we live in, they influence. Now we're influenced by so many things. We're influenced by what we read. We're influenced by what we watch. It's not a demonic possession thing. It's just, it's just that has been demonically inspired and it's influencing my life just because I'm looking at it or reading it or entertaining it. Hello? Demonic influence. Yeah. 
So that's the first sort of step of what it's about, this whole thing of the demons and the evil spirits. They sort of influence, they're everywhere. They're just influencing through people, perhaps through other family members you have. Heaven, heaven forbid your husband or your wife, which is why I'm so, I'm so, so strong on make sure you marry a believer. Hello? Really important. So the next step or the next sort of height is, is, is demonic oppression. Oppression. And demonic oppression is like, I know somebody that I listen to quite a lot, he saw, he saw, you know, God opened his eyes to sort of how demons oppress once and it's as if they were sitting on someone's shoulder. Now, what demonic oppression is more than just influence. It's where there is direct influence, you know, direct involvement into something emotional or physical, financial in your family. And it's like direct. It's not just a culture thing or a mind thing or a or, you know, just influence. It's something they're actually involved. There's an oppressive thing going on. You're under the oppression of the enemy. It could be a sickness. It could be a financial situation. It could be a family situation. And it's, and it's an oppressive thing. Then the third sort of area of, of demonic activity is when somebody, now I know I just read a passage there that says somebody was possessed, but the word possessed is really a bad interpretation because possessed means ownership and it really means, you know, they've, they sort of possess. Well, the actual word is really to be demonized. It's not really possession like Hollywood would have you understand. But what it absolutely is, is that evil spirit moves into the person. You with me? So there's influence around us all the time. Just don't let them influence you. There's oppression when there's, there's some kind of doorway into your life and, you, and they're speaking right in. They're oppressing, doing something physically, financially, emotionally on your life. And it's, and it's an oppressive thing. You can see some Christians are just oppressed. There's a heaviness on their life. This is why dancing and shouting and clapping, is this why praise is so important? Because you silence the enemy and he flees from that. Oil of joy to replace mourning and the garments of praise to replace that oppressive spirit of heaviness. Are you with me today? A spirit moves in, doesn't have control of their life, but now it's no longer influence. It's not just oppression. It's like they live through. They live through. They speak through. They act through. So let's just think about some of the demonic activity that there is, I'm just gonna read these out, they'll come up on the, on the screen, but let's just let these, have, there's confusion, demonic activity, there's confusion, there's fear, 
there's death, there's suicide, there's sickness, there's disease, there's deception, there's witchcraft, there's astrology, there's, there's the occult, there's um, a divination. These things are real and they are demonic activity and we've got to see them for what they are. They are the work of the devil and the devil will do everything he can to make you okay with this. Because the moment you start being okay with this, oh, it's just personality. Oh, it's just my kids going through something. The moment we start being okay with this, we start to give strongholds and footholds to the enemy. This is not okay. It's not okay. It is demonic activity. What does it open us up to? Well, confusion brings turmoil. Fear brings torment. Death, the fear of death, a death focus. A death focus. Suicide comes from just hopelessness. I mean, if the devil's good at something, he's, he's, he's sort of good at saying there's no hope. There's no way out. Because he knows there's no way out of his situation. Hopeless, it's self-harming. There's sickness and disease. Perhaps it's recurring. Recurring in the family. Now, I do not believe in generational curses. They are not scriptural. However, what kids live in can be the same decisions and the same choices that their parents made because they're surrounded by it and they're brought up with it. It's not a generational curse. It's just you've raised your child up in the way they will go in that area and they've made the same stupid decisions that opened the door generations back. Are you with me? See, generational curse means I've got no choice. (laughs) We've always got a choice. What about deception? Well, it's not just that people lie, it's people believe lies. How easily are some people deceived? It's more than natural, it's supernatural. They are hearing the voice of the enemy. Witchcraft, well, that's control and manipulation. Narcissism, the occult, it's all about me and manipulating everybody around me to be like me and to do what I want them to do. It's just demonic. Oh, it's just their personality. Yeah, personality influenced by the demonic. Astrology. Oh, it's just the horoscopes, Pastor Jay. Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? I'm a, you know, just read this, you know, and read that. It's just a bit of fun, isn't it? No, it absolutely is not a bit of fun. You go through the Old Testament, it was the height of stuff that God said, you got to kill this stuff. If you go back to the Tower of um, Babel, there is evidence and history that they put the Zodiac on the top of that thing. Wow. It's not just a bit of fun. It's opening your eyes. That's really lucky, Pastor Jay. Hey, I don't believe in luck. I believe in the promises of God and that I'm blessed. And this is not luck, you lucky thing. No, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed and highly favoured. Blessed and highly favoured. Same root as the 
all the astrology stuff, and then there's, you know, the telling of the future. There's, there's fortune telling. Horrendous, horrendous stuff that is demonic activity. So many things. What are indicators that there is demonic activity in your life? Can I just go there this morning? Something just won't stop. Something just won't stop. No matter what you've tried, no matter what tablets you've had, no matter what counselling you've gone to, no matter what advice you've had, no matter what you've done, it just won't stop. It's as if it just keeps coming back or doesn't leave. It won't go away. It could be for a period of your life. I realised some time ago, I'll be quite honest with you, I was labouring for a couple of years under a spirit of fear. Not too long ago. And I realised I need to I need to rebuke this thing. This is not right for a believer to live under that. The middle of the night, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, during the day, this fear thing would grip about a situation. And it's like, you gotta get to the place where no, I'm not having this. This is not right. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. It's not, oh, well, that's just what everybody has. Yeah, because they're all under the same influence. Dear God, we gotta see we are believers. Redeemed from it all, amen. Come on, can I hear an amen this morning? Something just won't stop, it won't go away. You're driven in an area. No matter how many January, you know, ha, turn over a new leaf, yeah, it lasts two days and you're back on the addiction. You're back on the addiction. Some of it's physical, some of it's spiritual. You're obsessed with something. When you're obsessed with something, mindful of something, that is an obsession, that is a stronghold in the mind. It could be you're obsessed with your weight. Hello, I'm gonna make this really simple this morning. You're obsessed And we see the sad outcomes of people obsessed with their weight. No matter what you say, no, I'm fat. And they're like six stone. They're obsessed with something. Perhaps you're obsessed with security in your old age and you become obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. And it's this mindful thing. That's a stronghold. Are you with me today? You see, we think about evil spirits as something out there like they're all, you know, when it happens, they, a person foams green foam and, you know, froths at the mouth and screams, no, dear God, a lot of people are under the influence, the oppression, and sometimes the demonization of demons in all sorts of normal areas in their lives. It could be a wife who doesn't ever believe her husband is faithful. And you're hearing these lies on your shoulder every time he goes out. He's going out to see someone. He's going out to see. I've, I've, I've counseled people like this. This is not normal. This is a demonic influence in your life. And it's got to be dealt with as such. Could be you're controlled by something. 
already said about self-harm, but self-harm is not just a razor blade on the arm. Self-harm can be in so many areas. See, the devil just wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So how do you deal with demons as we close and then we're gonna pray? How do you deal with demons? Number one, we gotta understand that they are eternally defeated. Demons, you're not trying to defeat a demon here. He's already defeated. Isn't it interesting that, no, I won't go there. No, I I, I just won't. No, I won't. Demons (laughs) are eternally defeated. And that's because you are eternally victorious. The Lord Jesus Christ, once and for all, it is finished. He doesn't have to go and defeat them again. (laughs) He's done it. When you face a demon, he's defeated. He's already under your feet. Trample on serpents and scorpions. The second thing we need to understand that demons are not omnipresent. They are not omnipresent. Why do I need to say that? Because people think that the devil's everywhere. Demons are everywhere. No, they're one place at one time. They are, they're just like you. You're not omnipresent, neither are they. And there's a whole load in that that I won't get into today. Just because you do something does not automatically mean you get a demon. If there's not one there, there's not one there. Hello? (laughs) Not there. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. (laughs) What's the third thing? See, demons are fearful of Jesus and the church. They are fearful. See, they would want you to believe that we are fearful of them. They are fearful of us. When Jesus turns up, they freak out. And when the church turns up, they freak out. When the Christian turns up, they freak out. (laughs) We put the fear of God in them. When we stand up and we start praying and we start declaring in Jesus' name, tonight we've got a prayer meeting, eight o'clock in this place. You better believe the devil is scared about what's gonna take place here tonight. Scared. And he'll do everything he can to stop you coming and stop you praying. Oh, I don't feel like it. He's won again. Because he knows when we pray and when we prophesy and we declare in the name of Jesus, they have to flee. They have to let go. But demons are fearful of Jesus and the church. Number four. I put this in and I've already said it. People are not automatically demonized. Just because somebody has done something does not mean they have a demon. I know some people who have done a lot of stuff, they didn't have a demon and other people who did half as what they did and they got the truckload of them. Comes down to all sorts of things which I'm not gonna get into here. But let's not get into this, oh, that person's got a demon because. No, these things are not because on a piece of paper they're discerned spiritually. We're led by the Spirit. And somebody you might not think has got a demon, God's going to, you know what? They've got a stronghold in their life. 
a demonic stronghold. Perhaps it's an influence, perhaps it's an oppression, perhaps it's gone to that third stage and they're demonized. There's a demon moved in. These things are spiritually discerned, they're not automatic on a tick box. Are you with me today? Number five, let's get into the good stuff. A believer has complete authority over demons. <laughs> complete authority. Know who you are in Christ. Know who you are. Have a full confidence and assurance of faith on the inside that when I speak, he flees. When I speak, he breaks. I break the stronghold. He's got to let go of his grip. Number six, we rebuke and we cast demons out. Number one, in Jesus' name. Number two, with the word of God. Number three, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad you got all those three? You don't go impotent into a deliverance situation. The name of Jesus, the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, we have complete authority over every demonic spirit. We rebuke out. I've seen so many people delivered. You know, in all sorts of different circumstances. One was over the little cafe thing at the back there. Seen so many people delivered as we prayed for people here. Seen people delivered in Malaysia when somebody who couldn't speak English came in screaming and shouting at me as they were being held back. He, he'd turned really violent and he'd been done for rape and different things. Um, his parents, because they were so alarmed with this behavior, sent him to a Christian camp wasn't even a believer, this guy, came in and just exploded, causing havoc. Absolute classic controlling sort of a, a spirit on the inside. Couldn't speak English. This was out, this, sorry, this was over in Pakistan, out in the villages of Pakistan. And as we came through the door, this thing started to scream and shout at me and saying, I know who you are, talking in English. This guy couldn't speak English. It's from the village in Pakistan. And started to shout, I own Stephen. Stephen belongs to me. Oh, so he was a fun one. He's like, oh, here we go. Someone's about to get set free in Jesus' name. We cast the devil out of him. The guy got saved got, and he got completely baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit and actually he became an evangelist. And the odd thing was about three years afterwards I was over in Malaysia, completely different church, completely different setting and I went to a wall, you know, that they sort of support these people financially who are out there preaching the gospel and there was Stephen on this wall with a face and underneath his testimony about how he'd been set free and put straight into the ministry. Absolutely amazing. Can we give God some praise for that. You see, see, sometimes you resist and rebuke just in a conversation. Other times it's laying hands on. Other times it's out and out warfare. But we have authority in Jesus' name. Number seven, let's be prepared at all times. The Bible says this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. And Jesus was prepared. He didn't have to pray and fast. He just did it. You know what that tells me? Let's be prayed up. Let's be fasted up. And finally, there are times to repent. I'm not going to get into the whole thing of deliverance this morning. We're going to pray and we're going to see some people set free. But I'm not doing a whole teaching on it. 
but I can't speak about demonic influence and oppression and, and somebody having a demon and not talk about, especially if it's a believer. You saying that, that as a believer, I can have a demon? Absolutely, yes. And there are times when we just need to repent and say, God, I've given this thing a stronghold in my life through my activity, through my words, through my habits. Now, just because you make a decision to change your habits doesn't deal with the devil. The two things go hand in hand. Let's make a quality decision in Jesus' name that I'm gonna lay aside the sin and the weights and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me and I'm gonna bring this situation into the light because the light shines on the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome the light. Hope you got something out of that today. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm aware of the time, so I'm actually gonna close the service in just a minute, but we're gonna pray for people this morning. Because there are some strongholds that need to be broken. I just can't shake off this habit. I just can't, I just get angry like that. Now, okay, as I've said, anger is a work of the flesh, but there are times that thing is driven by demons. Habits, addictions. The night I came to Christ, the drugs, the foul mouth, everything stopped instantly. One area didn't and that was smoking and that went about a month later, three weeks later. When I made a quality decision, this will not rule my life anymore. And, and in doing that, I know I was resisting the devil. I know I was. I know I was. And that I stubbed it out and that was the last one I ever had. I think I had one a year later and wished I hadn't. Just to be completely transparent here. But that night, the stronghold was broken. I was sitting in my friend's kitchen. Don't let this moment go past. It's a time to destroy strongholds. Perhaps it's a sickness thing. Perhaps you say, oh, it's just been handed down in my family. Time to break it off. Time to break it off. Keep excusing yourself. Oh, I just, you know, I just keep falling. And I, I get up and I go again and then you fall again. I'm not saying necessarily that it's a demon, but come on, let's take authority and take captive some stuff here today. There are other people in this room and you know you have a fear of death. All death is for a believer is a doorway to glory. I have no fear of death. Feel like saying, roll on the second coming. Roll on the rapture. I want to get out of here. But I want to see as many people come to Christ as I can. But there's a fear of death. Fear of sickness and disease. There's a torment. Any area in your life that you can identify that there is torment going on, that is demonic activity. Don't excuse it.
Can we lift our hands in this place today? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. We thank you, God, that you bring deliverance, freedom from demonic influence, oppression, and internal activity. Thank you, God, that we're free. The enemy's under our feet, but right now in the name of Jesus, I take authority in this room and online over every demonic spirit, every unclean spirit, every demonic spirit, every evil spirit, spirit of infirmity. And in the name of Jesus, I resist you, I rebuke you, and I declare, take your hands off of God's property in this place. I declare freedom, I declare deliverance. In Jesus' Name, devil, I cast you out. I rebuke you, take your hands off of God's property. Now let's declare this. Thank you, Father, for my freedom. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. God has not given me a spirit of fear, an unclean spirit, an evil spirit, a spirit of infirmity, heaviness, depression, oppression, suicide, anger, the occult. In Jesus' Name, adultery, pornography. In Jesus' Name, I rebuke you. I resist you. You have no place in my life. I receive my freedom. I declare my freedom. I lay hold of my freedom. And I declare, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. The Son has set me free. Therefore, I am indeed free. And in Jesus' Name, I put my foot on the neck of every enemy, every demonic spirit, every unclean thought, every habit, every controlling thing. In Jesus' Name, I crush you under my feet and I declare that I am above only and not beneath all the work of the enemy. You lying devil, back off. You deceiving spirit, back off. You spirit of infirmity, back off. I believe, I receive my freedom in Jesus' Name. Amen. Can we give God a shout of praise? Hallelujah.